your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Here's the 1 0 to Griffin Everett. That one's drilled to left, and that one is gone. We are tied up here in Bloomington. Griffin Everett with a two run home run, and he's going to have to hobble around the bases as he's cramping up in his leg. He does have to make the trip around, though, for this to count. But a two run blast by Griffin Everett. It's 9 9 here in Bloomington. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down now let's check the pulse of husker nation with your hosts greg sharp and ben mclaughlin it has been a phenomenal weekend for the nebraska court oscars at this pod in bloomington indiana the oscars have won all three games beating indiana twice and the Ohio State Buckeyes yesterday in a dramatic comeback. And it is set up a situation where Nebraska can win the Big Ten title here today. You know, we came into this weekend wanting to just kind of prove that, that you know, we, we were the best team in the conference. And, we, you know, like you said, we didn't necessarily expect it to end and clinch this weekend. Uh, but the way it played out, it was perfect. And it was a great weekend. Our guys competed awfully hard. There goes Schwelle. Here's a line drive into center field for a base hit. Acker will score. Schwellenbach will pump for third. Dropping the ball is Kern in the outfield. And they're sending Schwelle home. He's in there. Safe. Bennings 1-0. That's a hot shot. Base hit right field. Being waved home is Roskam. He will score. Pedaling for third is Max Anderson. Bryce Matthews with an RBI single. The Oscars now lead it 3 to nothing. There goes Matthews. The 0-1 pitch. Reaching out. Rolling one to the right side. That's a base hit in the right field. Scoring is Anderson. Headed for third is Matthews. Benning comes set. The pitch. Ripped into right field. That's a base hit. That'll score Matthews. That makes it a 5-0 Husker lead. RBI number 6 on the year for Mojo Haggy. It feels amazing. You know, we had a we had a meeting with Coach Fold after we lost three to Rutgers. It was like, it seemed like they were hitting the panic button. People were hitting the panic button. And us captains were like, no, we're good. We had a bad weekend. Like, we're good. We'll ride the ship. We righted the ship. And here we are. Here's the pitch. Jackson hammers one to left. Wilson back to the gap this time. He's to the wall. He'll run out of room this time. It's a home run for Jackson Hallmark, his second of the weekend. And Nebraska tacks on another one. It's 7-0, Big Red. Here's the 2-0. Anderson laces one into left field. His third hit of the day. Roscombe's waved around third. The throw's going to come home. Irwin cuts it off. Roscombe scores the throw to second to get. Anderson is not in time, and it's an 8-0 Husker lead. Max Anderson red hot all of a sudden in Bloomington. Keens 0-2 to Schwellebach. Spencer hits one in the air to center, dropping in for a base hit. Scoring is Acker. Nebraska adds another. It's 9 to nothing. We knew the only way that we were guaranteed to play in the NCAA regionals was to win the conference. And uh, these guys have set out to do that, and we showed up every day prepared to do that. And it feels good to, to get the, the victory. One ball, two strikes. Here's the pitch. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. They won the title for the second time in five years. This team dogpiling in front of the mound, and they deserve this. What a season. What a job put together by Will Bold and his coaching staff. Your Nebraska Cornhuskers are the 2021 Big Ten champions. They win it today, a final of nine to nothing. What a scene. Gloves were flying. Hats were coming off. An emotional moment as it should be, and a celebration of quite an accomplishment here today. Top down, best group of guys I've ever played with, and and this is the hardest year, you know, to win the Big Ten with everything COVID protocols, 
Everything was against us. We didn't give any excuses. We never gave in, and we deserve every bit of this. We're going to ask them to show up every day and put their best foot forward. That's it. That's all we ask. That's all we're ever going to ask. Just show up. And, you know, now the, the fun part begins because we're, you know, we've got three regular season games left that we need to finish strong with, and then you've got the postseason. It's what you work for all year long. And, uh, you know, just continue to show up, put the work in, play as hard as you can, and we'll take our chances with that. There you go. What a weekend. How many people expected that to happen over the weekend? Oh, don't be putting your hand up. You did not. Huskers sweep the pod, win the league yesterday. What a job done by Will Bolt and this baseball program. They clinched the title with a weekend still to come of Big Ten Baseball. Welcome to another week of Sports Island here on the Huskers Sports Network. So glad you are with us here tonight. Um, man, what a few couple of days and, Ben, you, you think about how much baseball they played. They played four games in less than 48 hours because they had the Friday night game, the doubleheader on Saturday, and then the early start on Sunday. And we brought this up over the broadcast. Indiana played one game a day. They're finishing up the pod today with Ohio State. So jammed in a lot of games. Got some help. Got some help from Maryland winning that series over Michigan and Ann Arbor. But I could not be happier for a great group of guys that have just brought it game in and game out, weekend and week out over the last three months to win a conference title. Yeah, I'm not even really sure where to start with this team. You know, you and I kind of joked when we were driving from Bloomington to Indianapolis after the the boys celebrated yesterday, you know, of all the scenarios that, that you could have played through in your head with the, to- with the top four teams and everybody plays everybody, that's probably the first one of the first scenarios that you threw out, right? Uh, well, that's not something we really need to worry about. You know, Nebraska winning all four and then Maryland winning two of three. Um, that's, that's not something that a lot of people saw coming us included. I don't think, I mean, I definitely didn't, you know, show up to Bloomington expecting to see the boys raise a trophy at the end. I don't, I guess I can't speak for you, but that's just not something that was even on my radar. We felt really, really good about the Friday night win against Indiana. We're like, okay, this kind of set the tone for the weekend the right way. And then the first game with Ohio state was just absolutely nuts. Right. I mean, you're now nine to two and. Um, I mean, they, they seem to have taken the game over. Nebraska was in well deep into their bullpen with guys that, you know, didn't get a lot of action that wouldn't really hurt them uh, for the rest of the weekend. And all of a sudden, boom, they score five runs in the seventh inning to get back into it. And you thought, okay, here we go. Griffin Everett hits the homer, just ties it up. And then obviously Nebraska didn't stop there. They ended up winning it in the ninth inning. And then we're like, okay, wow, that was awesome. Now we're 2-0 and and – you know, you're going up against McCade Brown in the, in the nightcap, a guy that's, um, you know, going to be up for pitcher of the year in the conference, and you're thinking, okay, how much energy could our team have left? I mean, what 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 could left be left in the tank after a day like that, where it was it was hot? It was a really the first really hot day that they'd been playing ball, and they come back and Chance Roach just throws the team on his back, and you're, and I know we left the park just absolutely elated with how the proceedings went and how the team performed, you know, with, with chance and the comeback on Saturday. And you made the comment several times, and, and we, we talked about it a lot yesterday, that that game with Ohio State won Nebraska a league title. At least it did that early. And then to have yesterday happen the way that it did, I mean, it, it all kind of seemed to align, right? I mean, we're supposed to first pitch the same time as Michigan and Maryland. 
then I think it was um, that night even, we, we, we pull up the Twitter page and they let us know, okay, we're starting at 11. We're not starting at 1. We're starting at 11. We're like, okay, well, we're going to know. You know, We're going to know by the fifth or sixth inning if this thing's even a possibility. Maryland hits a, a couple of home runs in the first inning to go up 3 nothing to kind of plant the seed. Nebraska scores five in their first inning. And then I think you and I spent maybe the rest of the broadcast just – kind of taking it in because it just, everything kind of seemed to align from that point forward. And sure enough, that's what happened. And it was just such a magical weekend. And as we said on the broadcast yesterday, this last weekend is going to be one of the most memorable weekends for Husker baseball, maybe ever. I mean, who knows where the rest of this season takes us, but to get a regular season conference championship to happen the way that it did to happen as early as it did, um, just absolutely unbelievable. And it, it was I wish more people were there to, to watch it because that was it was just amazing to be a part of. Yeah, I said that in in the post game while you were down getting Hallmark and, and Acker to come on with you and that was great to be able to hear from those guys right after after the dog pile ended that the only thing that would have made it better was if that was at Haymarket Park and that, you know, five, six thousand Husker fans could be there to revel in that moment to be able to see that. We're gonna talk with Jeff Lisey here in a little bit. He was certainly a part of some dog piles that uh, were uh, huge moments in Husker baseball history when he played with Will Bolt a couple of decades ago. We're going to hear from Jeff here a little bit on in the program. And also, we do have our baseball show with the head coach coming up in hour number two tonight, so get your comments, questions ready for him. But really remarkable, we've pounded this home that this team was not picked in the top six in the league. I did some research today. The top six in the league, Ben, finished second through seventh. So the coaches weren't I mean, they got a lot of really good teams right. They just missed on Nebraska, and, and I'm going to cut them a little slack because Nebraska's pitching was certainly – there was a lot of unproven arms. The, the, you know, the coaches didn't know that what Chance Roach would bring. They didn't know that Cade Povich would, could settle into a Friday night role. They didn't know, I think, the depth that Nebraska's pitching would have. They probably didn't know that Schwellenbach would be the back-end closer that he was for this year. Uh, they got two, two through seven were their one through sixes. Not in necessarily in the same order, but – they got those teams uh, as right there. They just missed on Nebraska. And, and I think the more amazing thing that we threw out over the, over the weekend, and, and particularly in yesterday's broadcast, the Huskers have played 40 games here in 2021, and only 12 have been at home. So this team has just been constantly on the road. It just feels like it's been weekend after weekend after weekend of packing the bags, going somewhere, early wake-up calls for this team to get to the airport, to get to their destination time, to get a workout in the day before a series begins. So all of that, and I think Joe Acker even made that comment to you, that this was a really, really difficult season. And so to win this particular year Big Ten baseball is going to mean a lot for years to come. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I think back to, you know, part of the reason why I, I got choked up yesterday was just thinking about and, – and, and Joe was the first guy I thought of, you know, because, you know, we have the homestand last year and we get ready to go to Wichita. The season gets pulled and and we're wondering what's going to happen. We had Joe on the show and, and I interviewed him, you know, right right when all this started happening and – you know, just to hear the angst in his voice of just not knowing what was going to happen. Was he going to put on a Husker jersey again or not? Was this going to be the end? And, um, you know, was it the last time he was ever going to play a baseball game, period? You know, that that was one of the more memorable interviews I think I've ever done with a player just because of, you know, you had a, here you have a young man who had played at this point four years in a program and, you know, just not knowing. And he was kind of just talking it out with us like, well, you know, this is a scenario, that's a scenario. And, 
you know, then once it was decided that they could come back and the, the you know, the, the, the financial aid part of it was taken care of and the players, you know, could come back, you know, they, they, they made the decision to come both he and, and Mojo and Luke, um, you know, they all decided to come back here and, you know, to see them and, and particularly Greg, Luke and, and Joe, the way that they played this year, um, Acker, you know, kind of took off a little bit in 2019 and got out to a good start again in 2020. And obviously this year, you know, just has been unbelievable the leadoff spot. And Luke Roskam, I mean, what can you say about him? Well, not, not even in the everyday lineup to start the year. And to see those guys get to celebrate with with their teammates and, you know, all the other parts that made this thing go this year, the newcomers, uh, Bryce Matthews, Max Anderson, Chance Roach, Cam Wynn, you know, all Cade Povich even. I know he's not a newcomer, but was new last year. To, to see all that kind of come together uh, and how much this team had to endure – well, it was just absolutely amazing, and I think it just kind of culminated with that moment. And um, you know, Will Bolt's message the entire year has been: the tougher team will win, and the tougher team will get things done. And that's one thing we've heard constantly—not from coach, just from Coach Bolt, Coach Christie, and Coach Harvell, but we heard it from all the players. And basically, every time we interviewed them as well, um, you know, just just about being tough and you know, not caring about the outside factors. And when it comes time to step between the light, white line, just getting the job done. I saw Joe Acker at the hotel last night, and he just came up and said, well, began my Husker career getting a ring. I'm ending my Husker career getting a ring. So the three guys that you just pointed out, Mojo, Luke Roskam, and Joe Acker, all won two conference championships while they were at Nebraska. That is really a special thing. And it locks in an automatic bid for the Oscars to the NCAA tournament. They're not going to have to sweat out, nor should they, uh, nor were they going to have to, but they're not going to sweat out next Monday, which is Selection Monday for the tournament, because they've got the automatic bid from the Big Ten Conference. So uh, that's a pretty cool deal for him there. All right, if you'd like to talk about this, 531-500-4686. That's the number to dot us up with a comment or question. That is our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. When we come back, Jeff Lisey, former Husker, now a color analyst for BTN and NET. He, in fact, he will be on the call this weekend for the Huskers matchup with the Michigan Wolverines. Jeff will join us next. Here we are back on a Monday night. Sports Nightly here on the Husker Sports Network. Again, our baseball show with the head coach, Will Bolt, coming up at the top of the hour this will be our last show of the year with him. We try not to bother the coaches too much on regional week. And next Monday we're going to have a best of because of, of the holidays. So this will be our last full hour with the baseball coach tonight. Let's get your comments, questions ready for the coach at the top of the hour. Huskers do wrap up the regular season this weekend. Three home games with Michigan all start at noon, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hope to see you out at the ballpark over the weekend. Jeff Lisey is going to be a part of the TV calls of this weekend's game. Former Husker, now part of a, the BTN and NET crews, joins us now here uh, on our Sports Nightly Hotline. Hey, Jeff, how you doing tonight? You had to be, uh, as an alum and a, a, a friend of Will Bolt, that had to make you smile. Did you get a chance to catch the any of the game yesterday in the dog pile at the end? You know, I'm really disappointed. I wasn't able to watch it. I followed it, you know, some through Twitter and that kind of thing. But uh, my my team was busy winning a championship. My eight U kids winning a championship <laughs> this weekend of their own, and uh, I'm coaching that team. So unfortunately, I was not able to uh, to watch on TV or listen to it on the radio. 
That is outstanding. Congratulations to your son's team. That's fantastic, and uh, hopefully it was a great experience, and they all had a blast doing that. How, how, how did Will Bolt get this done so quickly? I mean, his first full year at running through a Big Ten schedule, and he comes out the champion. I know you've called a couple of Husker games. What, what's been the magic? How, how has he done this? Yeah, so a couple things. So, one, I absolutely love watching this team play. Um, they compete. Um, and, I, and I said that the first time I saw them play this year um, and every time I've watched them. They compete at a high level. They, they keep coming at you. Uh, I mean, they can they can run and steal bases. They're real aggressive on the base paths, but then they'll they'll do the little things, you know, play unselfishly and then sack bunt and move guys around that way. Um, like I said, offensively, they're, they're a fun team. To watch because they can beat you a lot of ways, and then they pitch it. They've got good starting pitching. The, the bullpen's been fantastic, and and again, just just a fun team to watch how they compete. But the thing I'm probably the most impressed with, with, and I don't want to say turnaround. I mean, Bursted had a great, good group and had some good teams, uh, so it's not like he was taking over a team that was bottom of the barrel or something like that. But the, the roster turnover in the time they've been here is really, really impressive with what they've done. And, I mean, you'd hate to say that it, it's a COVID worked out well for them, but I think it probably gave them a chance to evaluate the roster a little bit more and and maybe go pick up a few kids and do that kind of thing and, and really focus some time on recruiting and, and again, try and get the right kids in place. And so, yeah, the, the roster turnover they've had, the – the roster management, I think they've done an exceptional job with that and, and really, really like the pieces they have in place and, and the direction that things are going. You, you played with Will. You know him really well. Do you see his personality with this team at all? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, Will's fiery. He's competitive. He wants to win, and, and that's absolutely how the group is. I think he would probably tell you that's probably the type of kid they want and the type of kid they're going to recruit here, but you just never know. I mean, as a coach, you can be fiery and intense and that kind of player, but, you know, maybe you don't have the right mix, the right group, and, and that personality may not show at your club. But this team certainly embodies that. I think they have good leadership, and, and they play the game the right way, and, and it absolutely is. It resembles how Will played as a player. We're visiting with Jeff Lisey here on Sports a former Husker, now a commentator for both BTN and NET. In fact, he'll be on the call this weekend for the Oscar series against Michigan, which now I'm not sure doesn't doesn't have any implications on the league title as the Oscars wrapped that up yesterday. Is is there a guy or two on this team, Jeff, that you're drawn to? Most people when they watch a team or it's their team, there's a player or two that they go, Man, I really like that's one of my favorite guys on this team. Is there anybody that stands out to you as somebody that you really, really appreciate the way they play the game? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and, and I feel like that's partly, partly why I like this team so much and enjoy watching them is there's a lot of those guys. I mean, like Jackson Hallmark's a, you know intense player. He loves the game, loves to compete. He's fun to watch. Uh, I mean, Max Anderson as a freshman to me is so disciplined as a hitter, and, and I mean, it's well beyond his age as a hitter. Uh, I think he's, he's a fun one. He's going to continue to be a fun one. It kind of just goes about his business and, and does things that way. Um, again, I think some of the young guys, again, like Bryce Matthews, the, the sky's the limit. He's fun to watch. Um, so offensively, some of those guys, I mean, Jake Buns brings a lot of energy uh, in the bullpen. And, 
And, uh, and, and Spencer Schmallenbach, again, I mean, it's been around for a little while for, for Nebraska and doing it both ways. Um, absolutely electric arm on the mound. It, it's fun to watch and, and uh, come up with some clutch hits and, and can swing the bat as well. So they've, they've got a lot of guys on this roster that, that again, are, are fun to watch and, and play the game the right way. Jeff, I, I this I had the privilege of being on the, uh, part of two now two conference championship teams here in Nebraska, the the 2017 team, and then the one that clinched it yesterday. Unfortunately, they were both on the road, uh, and I even said this on the air. I go, man, I just wish this was at Haymarket Park, and I, I can just imagine the energy that, that Haymarket Park would have had to watch a dog pile out in front of the mound. I guess you can't pick and you can't pick and choose when you win it, right? You have to win it when you win it. But man, that would have been special, wouldn't it? That's that's my one disappointment with this team so far. Right? They, they couldn't <laughs> have saved it for for next weekend. And I know you call the games. We're I, I'm part of calling the the game for BTN this uh, this upcoming weekend. And and I wish they would have just saved some drama or drama. I'm sorry for for us guys calling the game and. Uh, uh, could have made it a little more exciting on our end, a little more exciting for the home fans. But obviously, obviously, I'm kidding with that, and and uh, well, I'm half serious, half kidding. But you know, obviously, they got to clinch it when they can. They're trying to win every game they can, and and I mean, pretty impressive that they were able to to win it, sweeping the, the pod this weekend, and um, winning it with a week to go. It's it's again been playing good baseball. Really, they've had you know, they had one bad weekend. I feel like all year. Other than that, they've, they've played outstanding baseball and continue to compete each and every weekend. Were you a part of a dog pile? Do you have any remember, memory of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we dog piled. Um, we won regular season um, in, uh, in the Big 12. We won a few conference tournament championships and then uh, uh, got to the College Series a couple times, so we, we uh, had those dog piles. But the, probably the most memorable dog pile is that first year in 01 that we went to the World Series and um, we beat Rice in the Super Regional and Will Bolt actually was the one to catch the final out yep. um, in shallow center and I, I was playing center and someone just asked me about that actually recently and I said, yeah, you, you got to bounce around a little bit and celebrate on the outside and then, you know, be smart about jumping. you got to jump into the dog pile at the last minute instead of getting buried on the bottom. So, uh uh, yeah, it's, they're always they're always fun, always fun to dogpile. Yeah, fan, I fantastic again, and I, I I just I just wish the folks at at Haymarket could have been there. I just can imagine the energy and people on their feet and not wanting to leave and soaking it all in. And maybe I don't think this will be the last one. I think Coach Bolt's going to get us to some more of these, and hopefully folks will will be there for that as well. You you know, I've had people around the country go, well, how good is the league this year? How good is Big Ten baseball? And, And I try to point to them that, you know, hey, Michigan two years ago made it to the finals of the College World Series. It's not a punch and Judy league anymore, that this is a good accomplishment by this team what have you seen from big 10 baseball here in 2021 it, it is it's a strong league and and you know, every time i call a game we, we get a chance to visit with the coaches from both teams and, and spend some time with them and, and pick their brains talk about their teams that kind of thing and i'm telling you pretty much every coach we've talked to this year has said the league is better than it's been in the past it's a strong league um the last and shoot, I think it's the last five or six years the conference has been getting four to five teams in every year. So I really hope that, you know, the fact that they didn't play the non-conference, they're not having the conference tournament, I hope that doesn't come back to, to bite them. I hope that the, the selection committee still 
um, can see that there's there's talent in this league and there's good teams in this league because it is it's it's strong. I think pitching across the board is really good. There's there's good players. There's good teams. And like you said, I mean that that Michigan team from the last the last full season of college baseball, that Michigan team made it to the finals and uh, they had they had a ton of talent and. Again, I mean, there's there's teams in this conference that are built to make runs in, in the postseason, and uh, like my my personal belief is they should get four to five. Big Ten should get four to five teams in a regional. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they're able to do that. Since Nebraska won the league, and, and a lot of projections have been showing them going down to play your old coach in Arkansas is having just a phenomenal year. They're the, I think going to be the number one overall seed. They can't send the Big Ten champion down there, can they? I mean, that to me, the number two seed there needs to be a, a four or five place team from a Power Five conference, not the Big Ten champion. I know the storyline would be, you know, the mentor against the pupil, that type of thing. But I, I sure hope that doesn't happen. I, and I bet Dave Van Horn really doesn't want that to happen, would he? I I would guess they they would prefer Nebraska not to be in their regional. But yeah, that Arkansas team is loaded there. There super good they compete too i mean they play the game and are, are fun to watch as well but i think some of it comes down to budget and you know and trying to keep teams regionally or close and, and a drive away as opposed to a flight and yeah that i was i've seen the same thing i've wondered the same thing you see the projections with them in arkansas's region i hope that they can end up somewhere else um you know if you ask obviously if you ask coach bolt i mean they're, they're going to go wherever wherever they're assigned to go, and they're going to compete and continue to play the same way. But personally, I hope they end up somewhere else. Um, and it would be fun to see them you know, get into a region and be able to make a little bit of a run. Well, Jeff, great to catch up with you. I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark this weekend. I know you've got some extra pride. It's your program that has won the league, and it's a former teammate of yours that's now the, the head coach. It's got to be a special time for you. And I'm sure you've had a smile on your face here in the last 24 hours. Absolutely. Yeah, I know I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the future of it and, and appreciate you having me on the show. You guys do, do such a good job and, and everything you do and, and tracking them and, and uh, calling the game. So appreciate your support and, and everything you're doing as well. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Baseball Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. Here's the 1-0 to Griffin Everett. That one's drilled to left, and that one is gone. We are tied up here in Bloomington. Griffin Everett with a two-run home run, and he's going to have to hobble around the bases as he's cramping up in his leg. He does have to make the trip around, though, for this to count, but a two-run blast by Griffin Everett. It's 9-9 here in Bloomington. An in-depth look at the Nebraska baseball program. Now the 1-1. To bar. That's lined right to Max Anderson, gloves it, throws it across the diamond in time for the final out of the game. And Chance Roach has a complete game, three hitter, beating the Hoosiers tonight, a final of three to one. With the head coach, Will Bolt. One ball, two strikes. Here's the pitch. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. They won the title for the second time in five years. This team dogpiling in front of the mound, and they deserve this. What a season. What a job put together by Will Bold and this coaching staff. Your Nebraska Cornhuskers are the 2021 Big Ten champions. They win it today, a final of nine to nothing. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Baseball Radio Show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. 
Thank you. Our final show, full hour with the coach this baseball season. So let's make it a good one. 531-500-4686. The number if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text as we do talk to the head coach of the Big Ten champion, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Wow, what a weekend. Congratulations, Coach. Your guys really brought it. And you could tell really from the first pitch Friday night that that team was locked in and ready to go. Yeah, appreciate it. No, it was a uh, it was a very fun weekend, a weekend where we didn't necessarily go into it thinking a Big Ten title uh, by the end of it, but uh, we, we certainly wanted to make a statement by how we played and um, how we competed and um, just wanted to go out and play a good brand of baseball for four games. And, um, man, just can't give enough credit to our players and, and our coaches uh, just for – putting together four games uh, and just finding a way to win and just finding a way to, to finish this thing off um, with a, a dog pile and a celebration and, and everything that comes with it. Let's go back to the Friday game. You were facing a very good arm, a, a solid Indiana team that, that looks like they're going to be a tournament team. They did hang on and win today. They just went final. They beat Ohio State 2 nothing. Uh, th- those Friday games can be, particularly in a pod when you're playing four games, how big of a how big of a, of a setter is that for the rest of the weekend? How, how big of an indication is that going to be? What kind of weekend you're going to have? Well, I think it's huge. I think the Friday night game is so important, um, you know, in any weekend. Um, that's why you want to throw your best guy on Friday, obviously, and, and give yourself the best chance to get off to a good start. But it's also why I've kind of alluded to the pod system and playing four games where, you know, we're not going to hold anything back on that Friday because we, we really want to make sure we – we do make a statement that first game, and we do, um, you know, get off to a good start on the weekend. Um, and we'll do whatever it takes to win that game, and then we'll figure it out, you know, from there. And um, and that's what I feel like we did. I feel like we did that on Friday. Um, it was kind of a back and forth game, but but it was good to see our guys really compete and, and really just find a way to get it done. To, to go to your point, Cade didn't have his best stuff, only goes four innings, so you have to go with Cody Frank and then Jake Buns, and, and they had to throw quite a few pitches for you to get the job done, And but it, it worked out, right, because those guys got it done on Friday night, and then the rest of your staff pick, picked it up for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, and that's just being, just being a team, just being a team that picks each other up, and, and Kate has been so amazing for us all year. I mean, just been so consistent and been a true ace and just, uh, you know, match pitch for pitch with just about everybody that he's gone up against. And, and he wasn't at his best uh, on Friday, and it wasn't from a lack of competing or having, you know, I thought his stuff was actually pretty good, the command of the fastball. Um, you look at the walks, uh, it wasn't like he was walking guys, but he was chasing the count a little bit and uh, put him in some tough spots at times. But, you know, credit to our bullpen. They did a, a very nice job of, of standing up and, um, you know, finding a way to just finish the thing off. Let's go to Saturday. You're down 9-2 to two after six innings against Ohio State. What, what was going through your mind, and what were you telling the guys in the dugout when you had, hit the seventh inning of that game? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a bit of a precarious situation there. Um, you know, we're – you know, the game is not quite out of hand, uh, so we, we have to make um, some pitching decisions there. Again, you don't want to um, hold anything back necessarily because I, I've spoken of that before. You don't want to necessarily hold anything back. You want to win the game that's in front of you, but you also have to be uh, strategic as well. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of let it get away from us there in the middle innings. We had tied the game at five, 
against a really good pitcher um, and then gave up a crooked number and then just another crooked number right behind it. So as we're starting to mount the comeback, um, you start to get in a situation where it's like, well, okay, now we need to use some maybe high leverage guys that have been really good for us lately, or do we, you know, you know, play for the win. And so we were kind of in a, a bit of a precarious situation, but in the seventh inning, I called the team up and, you know, I just reminded them, I said, you know, how you do, Anything is how you do everything. Let's make sure we don't play the scoreboard here. Let's make sure we don't let our emotions get involved. Let's make sure that we don't, uh, you know, get down because of the situation. And let's just put together good at-bats and just uh, pass it on to the next guy and and see what happens. And um, we had some walks in there. We had some hits, hit by pitch, um, you know, had some wild pitches. Um, And then just, you know, we hit our way back into it as well against a really good arm and Jack Neely there. Um, and just, a, I mean, an incredible summation of the way that this team has competed throughout the course of the entire year. And you look back at the weekend, and you don't, you're not in a position to win the conference if you don't come back from a 9-2 deficit in the seventh inning. And, uh, again, credit to our team, uh, their will to win, and their, uh, their hunger to just get the job done. Still down two going to the ninth. Take us through what was going on with Griffin Everett at that point in the game. Yeah, Griffin was uh, he's starting to cramp up a little bit back in the seventh inning, uh, just kind of just really trying to grind through it. We're kind of getting, trying to get him hydrated in between innings, and um, he's just kind of feeling just the lower body type stuff. Um, it was hot and humid there and uh, on the turf. Um, he was catching his second game uh, inside of 24 hours. Uh, so, you know, he was getting a little bit fatigued there, um, and he's facing a guy with a really good fastball uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, leadoff hitter on and, and uh, I mean, takes the best swing of the year. Uh, it just gets the barrel to a fastball, uh, elevates it, and it was a no-doubter off the bat. And, you know, the only doubt was whether Griffin was going to be able to make his way around the bases. I mean, it was a Kirk Gibson-esque moment uh, where, you know, you almost wondered if he was, he was going to have to crawl his way around. Uh, he was in so much just discomfort there but um what a true warrior what a true teammate what a true competitor uh again a guy we've talked about in the past here where things weren't going his way early and all he did was show up and work and try to make adjustments and just was coachable and just was a great teammate and just continued to do his job behind the plate and uh without a doubt uh the single biggest swing of the year uh for husker baseball Absolutely huge. So you, you finish off the comeback, win it 11-9. to nine. Your team, and I, I saw a couple of the guys afterwards, they were mentally drained. You, you expounded so much energy to come back and win that game. I didn't know what you had left for the night game, and so the, the, the burden falls on your starting pitcher. And, man, was Chance Roach special for you in that game. Talk about what you saw from Chance on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and, you know, going back to what you said, you know, mentally drained and we were able to take, I think, probably a good thing with the the whole doubleheader setup is the TV game on, on uh, Saturday night allowed us to catch our breath for a little bit yeah. longer than we normally would after a doubleheader. So we were able to kind of go and get some food. We went over to the basketball arena, which was actually pretty cool for our guys to be able to see that. They, 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 had, uh, they had some sandwiches up in the, in the basketball arena seats and uh, were able to get in the air conditioning for a little bit. And and before I get to Roach, I just want to, um, you know, point to our guys, you know, some of the guys that had, had played the game before and even Schwellenbach, who, um, you know, I mean, we've asked a lot of him uh, from a pitching standpoint and, and all that stuff, just comes in and hits a double right off the bat against one of the best pitchers in the conference and, and gets an early lead for us. 
um, which allows Chance to, to kind of settle in and, um, and get in a groove. And, you know, we get an early lead offensively. With a guy like Chance, when he's on, um, teams can kind of start to press a little bit because, admittedly, he's a guy that uh, feeds off of guys going back to the dugout going, man, how did I not hit that? Um, and you start getting teams frustrated when they're having to chase runs. And um, Chance Roach was, was amazing. Um, he had four pitches going. Uh, the velocity he held for the entire game. Um, you know, it's interesting, too. You kind of look back on some little things and some moments. And, um, you know, we gave Chance the option, uh, you know, as we do on doubleheader days, uh, to <clears throat> to stay behind and, uh, you know, maybe get a little more rest at the hotel and we come back and pick him up later. Uh, meaning that he wouldn't even necessarily have to be at the first game. I, w- I would have been totally fine with that just to make sure he's rested and ready to go uh, for that game too. And, and, again, there's no right or wrong answer here, but Chance said, you know, I, I want to be there. I want to go I want to go be with a team, and he soaked in every inning of that first game. And uh, just a, such an amazing teammate and such a just a selfless player and such a guy that is just truly happy to be here in Nebraska. Um, to finish out his career and and just to see him on that stage uh, and go out there and pitch so well, perform so well. Um, I mean, the guys love playing behind him because he works quick. He throws strikes. Uh, what a truly uh, Herculean type performance! <laughs> I mean, just just put us on his back and and just it just willed us to victory. It's just an amazing performance, and it then just set you up that you had plenty of arms available for the Sunday game. So with the results of what you had done and what had happened around the league, you came to the park knowing there were two things that needed to take place for you to win a title, and that was win, and then see if Maryland could knock off Michigan. At what point yesterday did you know it was totally in your hands? Yeah, we uh, we were actually on the bus last night uh, after the second game. Or I'm sorry, not last night. I guess my days are running together here. It would have been Saturday night after the second game of the doubleheader. Um, we figured out, okay, here's the scenario: if, if Maryland beats Michigan and we win, then we're conference champions. So I did. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I necessarily threw that out there specifically to the team. Uh, but I did tell them before we got off the bus on Saturday night. I said, hey, you know, championship Sunday. Um, you know, may have a whole other meaning uh, this this weekend where it, it doesn't change what you do. Um, it just just kind of highlights and uh, just the things that we talked about all year long where you, you go on a Sunday's game and um, everybody's playing for something and sometimes you're playing for a true championship. And so they knew that going into, into Sunday. I, I, I got to give our team a lot of credit too because we um, talked before we got off the bus on Sunday morning. And I said, look, we know that there's another game that has to happen uh, and it's happening before our game uh, to, in order for us to finish this thing off. Let's, let's not worry about that. Let's just go about our pregame. Let's not think about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's not, you know, wonder what the scores are. Let's just do what we do um, and prepare the right way and make sure Ohio state has our full attention. And we did that. And we just went about our business and uh, it was about the fifth inning uh, Curtis Ledbetter, our director of ops, just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and, and came and whispered in my ear, and he said, it's championship Sunday today. And I knew exactly what he meant there. I knew that uh, the, that, that was kind of the the, the answer that, that, that Maryland had beat Michigan. Um, and at that point in time, I think we were up seven or eight to zero. 
um, and just needed to finish it off. And um, I think by the seventh inning, they showed the score up on the scoreboard in Indiana, and our entire dugout uh, just kind of had this – I just kind of looked around, had a look on their face. And, and we didn't just try to fast-forward the game. I mean, we, we competed all the way through the nine innings, and uh, I think we played arguably our best game of the year uh, on a day that we clinched the conference title. Well, it was a cool moment, a great moment. The only thing, I, and I said this on the air, would have been, what, the one thing that would have made it better was if you could have done that at home in front of 5,000-plus Husker fans. But you win it when you can win it, and we'll have a big celebration this weekend, I'm sure, with Michigan coming to town for three games. Dorothy Lynch, Homestyle and Light and Lean Dressing, Endless Flavorabilities. Let's plug in a caller before we go to a break. Bob in Lincoln's been hanging on. Good evening, Bob. You're up with head coach Will Bull. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, you know, I want to I want to set the record straight. On the radio, you said that there was nobody was talking about that that series about them winning four games, and that I said all week we can do it. We can win these four games. Every game is beatable. And you know, and you also made a comment about the most memorable uh, series. The Texas series. Hey, coach, when you were a uh, junior and Texas came to town and we beat Texas that uh, that series, that was memorable. But this, the way it came out, everything was stacked against us. It seemed like the officiating was stacked against us. Everything was stacked against us, and we still did it. This is the most memorable of Husker of, of a Husker um, uh, a team. And – I also want to say that we take care of business this week and beat Michigan. I think Nebraska sets a record. This team sets a record of we haven't we've only lost one series this year, and that was against uh, Rutgers, and we lost that one three to two. But every series we every team we have beat this year, and we won the series with them. Added up, and coach, can you say national champs? I like our chances in Omaha. We got there. We, we all we have to do now is just go and go through regional, super regional, regardless of who we play. We're still gonna we we play some good arms, and we're gonna play some more good arms. Hey, let's just take it. It's there, and we can say national champs. Michigan two years ago just about did it, and we should have been there instead of Michigan. So yeah, let's take it. Okay. And Thanks. congratulations, like Coach. I won't be there Friday. I won't be able to be there Friday. I've got to work Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, I will be there. I will be there. So congratulations and a job well done, Coach of the Year. Wow, that's a lot to unpack there. I really appreciate the phone call and just the support and just uh, the kind words uh, and everything else. And, yeah, I mean, just – Again, I, th- this weekend was one of those weekends where you can go into it and you start to, you know, go, well, yeah, just, you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to it's gonna be tough. We're facing, you know, it's the pod set up this year where we end up facing uh, two really good pitching teams, number one and number two, back to back. And, and, you know, you can start to kind of doubt yourself and make excuses and figure out, well, you know, maybe if we just go two and two or maybe if we just find a way to just kind of, get through it. Um, but again, that's not the, that's not the mentality of this team. That's not the mentality um, that we've ingrained in these guys and that they've ingrained in each other. Um, they were just going to go, go play. 
and uh, you know you've heard just a bunch of different sayings with this team and uh, just the attitude that they have and and that type of thing. But the, the truly the one that you can you can point to is the guys just say don't care like don't care it doesn't matter it doesn't you can throw anything at us uh we've seen everything at this point for the last calendar year you've taken our season away um you know you've we we found out that we weren't going to play a 56 game schedule we weren't going to um you know play non-conference games uh we knew that the only way we could control our destiny was to win the conference to to go to postseason play uh, guys, our guys just said, don't care. They don't, they don't, they're not going to make too much of it. They're just going to go out and not make excuses, uh, not get into the situation and just find a way to get it done. And, uh, this weekend, uh, was a culmination of that. It was a true testament to that. And I thought it was pretty fitting for this group of guys, uh, that we were able to clinch the conference on the road in a four game pod where, uh, probably there was nobody in the country that would have given us a chance to go four and oh on it. Um, so, um, a lot of big moments uh, in Husker baseball through the years, but just as a coach, just the gratifying moment of grinding through uh, the heat on the turf and just finding a way to get it done. Over the course of the weekend, it was an amazing feeling watching those guys dogpile, hug each other, raise the trophy, take pictures together, make memories, and uh, you know, just start start a journey, quite frankly. Um, as you said, our goals are right there in front of us uh, to play well this weekend against Michigan. Uh, put our best foot forward to win a regional and find a way to, to get to Omaha and see what happens. So those are our goals. Those are going to be our goals every year. And, uh, you know, we just got to uh, keep our head down and compete to find a way to do it. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Second down, 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Isaiah, shot clock, third yard. Game clock at eight. He's going to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. And DeBronda, Young, safe. And Washington wins it. On a last second, Jay Cole. It's the Weekend Rewind with Ben McLaughlin. Exciting edition this week. We'll find out why in just a second. We have playoffs, we have excitement on the golf course, and we have Super Regional set for college softball. So a lot to get into, but no better place to start. Let's drove the show tonight. Nebraska baseball on the road in Bloomington, Indiana. The Huskers in a in a fight entering the weekend with three other teams for first place, but they wrote the end of the, the book themselves with their own chapter of what happened this weekend. One ball, two strikes. Here's the pitch. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. They won the title for the second time in five years. This team dogpiling in front of the mound, and they deserve this. What a season. What a job put together by Will Bold and this coaching staff. Your Nebraska Cornhuskers are the 2021 Big Ten champions. They win it today, a final of 9 to nothing. 
An image we won't soon have out of our heads. The dog pile right in front of the mound. Caleb Feakin gets the strikeout. And to see the uh, the guys celebrating, jumping on each other. And, uh, man, it's just unbelievable feeling. Just a fun, fun, fun weekend. Just a fun season with this group of guys. And, and the, the coach certainly lavished praise on his team and the ability to fight through obstacles. And reiterated that this was a this was a challenging weekend. These were two quality baseball teams with quality pitching staffs, and Nebraska just got the better of them all weekend long. And so, well earned, well deserved, as we've documented throughout the night. Can't wait to for the fans then to tip their cap to this group over the weekend with Michigan coming to town. It'll be great. It'll be great to get this team back home and in front of their fans and to celebrate it. Um, we just heard from from Coach Bolt. I, how much of a challenge do you think it'll be for the boys, you know, to kind of turn the page to Michigan after after winning a title? Didn't really want to go down that route and just really enjoy yesterday, but you know, you better believe that they're going to turn the page, you know, really starting today and tomorrow in, uh, into Michigan. I don't really have any doubt. I mean, I, I think with some teams you might worry about that this group just loves to play, and they're going to get back. They're going to be jacked up to see their fans again. We haven't had many home games to do that. They, and they, there's a little rub with Michigan, right, Ben? I mean, there's enough guys that were around two years ago and didn't like the feeling that Michigan, a team that they beat three out of five times in the last two weeks of the season, went on to make a run in Omaha. That sticks in some of our guys' crawl. I'm sure they're going to be fired up, ready to go on Friday. I'm sure they will be. And hopefully the fans show out and see this team play because they, they definitely deserve some support. So Husker baseball, Big Ten champs this weekend. Just an unbelievable, unforgettable weekend on the diamond for the Big Red. Playoff action underway. We'll start first in the NBA in the Eastern Conference first round. It was the 76ers beating the Wizards. Tight game, 125-118. And after the Wizards get a big win to get themselves into the playoffs, they fall behind the Sixers one game to none after the final on Saturday. It was the Phoenix Suns continuing to play well. They beat the seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers 99-90. to It was the Devin Booker show, 34 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Concern level with the Lakers is where for you. <laughs> can I can I quote Jackson Hallmark? <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about the Lakers? Don't Not on the care. Lakers, huh? <laughs> Don't care. All right. All right, moving on from the I, Lakers, hey, I guess. Hey, I will say, I'm worried about Le- LeBron. I hope he can overcome that horrific collision that he was involved in last night. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the old eye poking. Yeah, hopefully he's only seeing one rim from here on out. But he only <laughs> finished with 18-7-10 against Phoenix in the first round, the first game of the first round. All right, let's go back to the Eastern Conference. We'll go to the Madison Square Garden next. The Knicks have had an unbelievable year. Trey Young does his best dagger impersonation there at the Garden. Let's see how they play this. Here is Young, finds his spot. Young on the floater, puts it in. Trey Young with a miraculous shot. Trey Young, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. The Hawks beat the Knicks 107 105. Been an uneven season for Atlanta, but. What a shot from Trey Young there at the end. He good. Yep. Solid, solid player. 
All right, so that uh, set the stage for the Western Conference. There was no Spida Mitchell in this one. The Jazz, the number one seed, taking on the Grizzlies, had to fight their way to get to this point. And it was Memphis behind Dylan Brooks and John Morant stealing a game in Utah. For favors, Ingles, Bogdanovich, three to tie, no, off, loose, around, zeros on the clock. Memphis has pulled the upset. Memphis knocks off the Utah Jazz last night by the final of 112 to 109. Slight wow. surprise there, but yeah. Memphis did a good job and played well. Dylan Brooks, who has been very inconsistent this year and mostly down with a big night for the Grizzlies, and they uh, they get it done. Good for them. Can they last? I mean, I, that would be that would be a huge upset if that series goes that direction. Long oh, way to yeah. go, though. Huge, huge upset. Finals from Saturday was the Bucks over the Heat, 109-107. It is not that close tonight, <laughs> folks. It is all Milwaukee. They lead that game, that series, one game to none. Going to make it two after tonight. The Mavericks beat the Clippers 113-103. to They lead that series, one game to none. Over Ty Lue's bunch, Luka Doncic, 31-10-11 for Dallas. Brooklyn takes care of Boston 104 to 93. The Beard, James Harden 21, 9, and 8 as they win by 11 in their first round matchup. And Damian Lillard leads the Blazers past the Nuggets. Lillard with 34 points. Potential MVP Nikola Jokic also 34 points. But Dame gets the better of the Nuggets in that one. So that's, the playoffs a, that's a surprise are off to a too, right? Start. That's a yeah. huge upset. It is. It is, and so we'll follow along there as trying to get healthy are the Blazers and do so at the right time. They've been banged up a lot this year. While we're on the theme of the playoffs, let's just knock out the NHL since we're here, starting with finals from Saturday. The Lightning beat the Panthers 6-2. to two. They lead that series three games to one, about to move on to the next round, the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Islanders beat the Penguins 4-1. to one. That was a big big game for the Islanders as uh, they now even that series up at two games apiece. The Maple Leafs even the series with the Canadians, a score of 5-1. to one. Big game for Austin Matthews, a goal and two assists. The Golden Knights lead the series over the Minnesota Wild 4-0 as they uh, are now a game away from advancing. So Vegas playing well behind Mark andre Fleury, the netminder for the Golden Knights. Finals from yesterday, the Predators, Greg Sharp's Predators, <laughs> win over the Hurricanes 4-3 to in two overtimes. Sweet. That series now two games apiece. Taylor Lewan, without a doubt, celebrating for the Preds. The Tennessee Titans offensive lineman made some Twitter headlines with his behavior at that game. If you haven't seen it, probably worth checking out. The Avalanche beat the Blues 5-2, and they dust Tim Curran's St. Louis Blues in the Western Conference first round. Four games to none. Clean sweep for the Avs. The Bruins beat the Caps 3-1. They win that series four games to one. Before you get too far away, I mean, does Tim have anything to say about his St. Louis Blues? I'm just bitter is all. Also, my buy-sell question was definitely a a sell. So, (laughs) yikes. Yeah, I think I I went down with you on that one. Oh, Timmy. Always next year. Hey, you openly admitted that you're out on the NHL this year, so you can can move on with your life. You can go on to European (laughs) Horror Films 
Um, this is true. Early this year. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'd be more than. Have you have you watched uh, Good Night Mommy yet? I mean, it's, I could still hardly recommend it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I forgot that thing existed until just now. But I knew exactly what you're talking about once you said the title. <laughs> Bruins beat the Caps three one, and they win that series four games to one in five games. That one on the road in Washington. That Boston got it done. Tuka Rask forty saves yesterday. For Boston, the Jets beat the Oilers 5-4, and they lead that series three games to none, so going for the sweep there. Major League Baseball news and notes over the weekend, and boy, there's a lot that happened, and Royals fans can finally rejoice as the Kansas City Royals slash Monarchs starting to play a little bit better baseball, and they got some excitement thanks to Carlos Santana. In well, center field, Jones back, it's a goner, and the Royals win it! Walk off Santana! What a huge lift for his ball club. Carlos Santana showing some evil ways against the Tigers to finish it. Thought it was an underrated signing. I get really tired of watching that guy play for Cleveland against Kansas City, but... He's been big at times this year, and none bigger than that shot right there. The two-run bomb to give Kansas City the win and almost getting them to 500. How about that? You know that they, they lose 11 in a row, but since that point, I think they're 6-3. and three, So they've kind of returned. They're almost back to 500. So you can survive a bad stretch early in the season. So maybe they got out of the way. Maybe they're going to hang around in the playoff chase. Another couple of teams that are struggling in the NL West, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, but it was Trevor Story giving the Coors Field crowd something to cheer about. This ball hammered deep center field. Way back, got a chance, ball game over. Trevor Story time. Story has won it on a walk-off blast. Trevor Story walk-off home run for the Rockies. They beat... The struggling Diamondbacks by the score of 4-3. to three. Other notes this weekend in Major League Baseball, Zach Wheeler just continues to deal. Uh, he struck out 12 this yesterday over the Boston Red Sox. Aaron Judge, a walk-off walk, gets the Yankees past the White Sox, and now the Yanks have won six in a row. Tampa Bay Rays scored five runs in the ninth inning to beat the Toronto Blue Jays, and they have now won 10 in a row before play today. Kristen Yelich back into the lineup for Milwaukee this weekend. They beat the Reds 9-4, his first homer of the season for Yelly, and the Brewers beat the Reds 9-4. The Twins won their first extra inning game of the year, Greg Sharp. Kyle Garlick hit a three-run home run <laughs> to beat the Indians 8-5. Josh Hulkeman just rejoicing with the effort for the Minnesota Twins well, this weekend. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean to Josh here with this, but is there a more disappointing team in the league than the Twins? I don't know that there is, right? I mean, a lot of people picked them to win the division, either them or Chicago, and they're not even close. They are, they're just going through the motions up, up there. It has been rough. The Braves get two home runs from Austin Riley, and they blow out the Pirates. 7-1. to one. Gavin Lux is on absolute fire for the Dodgers right now. He hits a grand slam yesterday and it's all Dodgers over the Giants 11-5 to five in that one. 
And maybe the hottest hitter in all of baseball right now, you guessed it, Fernando Tatis Jr. Homers twice, a 447-foot grand slam, drove in six. All Padres over the Mariners by the score of 9-2. to two. And in Sunday night baseball between the Cubs and the Cards, Javi Baez, a two-run homer uh, in the 10th. And that helps get the Cubs a 2-1 win. And that one only three hits for Chicago in the game, but it's enough to get by St. Louis. So exciting stuff in Major League Baseball this weekend. While we're on the subject of ball bat sports, we'll talk some women's softball here. The Super Regionals are set, unfortunately, for the Big Ten Conference. None of their teams will be involved as Michigan loses two to Washington yesterday. The Huskies move on. Here are your Super Regional matchups to try and get to Oklahoma City. Florida State plays LSU, Virginia Tech, and UCLA. You have Kentucky and Alabama. The aforementioned Washington Huskies get the one overall seed, Oklahoma. It's Georgia and Florida. Good old-fashioned Big 12 rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls and the Longhorns. You've got Arizona and Arkansas. Finally, James Madison battling Missouri. So, as expected, uh, another heavy SEC flavor in this tournament as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven SEC teams move on to the Super Regionals for softball, and that play begins on Thursday for Super Regional action. Felt bad for Michigan. I mean, they won. They should have been a host. They weren't. They have to go to Washington, who's a perennial power. Then they beat them the first time through the bracket, and they have the leg up where they would need somebody, and it ended up being the Huskies, had to come beat them twice, and they did. So that's How about Michigan... Their head coach, Carol Hutchins, tweeted, we're off the field at 2.15 a.m. Eastern time. They're in the airport at 4.30 Eastern time. So two hours and 15 minutes after their game is over. They're in the airport. Their team is split up. They can't even fly all on one plane. The NCAA sent them back to Detroit that morning after getting done playing at 2.15 in the morning. I I think the same thing happened maybe in the – the men's tournament in basketball, like Oregon State, did the same thing. They lost one of the late window games, and they had they they sent them home that night. They they went back to their hotel, packed their bags, and went to the airport and left like at two thirty a.m. What what are we what are we doing? Come on, this is unbelievable. I mean, have some common sense in this thing. Were they delayed because of rain, or that's just how the the games? fell but don't book a 6 a.m flight what are you that's crazy that that makes me mad we're all about student athlete safety here oh, that's geez. what we're about looking at looking Ridiculous. after those student athletes giving them a whole hour to snooze after their game for a flight love that all right on a sour note to an exciting note purposely save this for last boy what a weekend it was in the world of golf and the pga a familiar name reigns on top here it is Biggest moment of a legendary career. Phil defeats Father Time. Typical Nancyism. Phil defeats Father Time. Phil Mickelson, the oldest player to ever win a major championship, 50 years old, hangs off uh, Brooks Kepka and gets it done. And man, it's it, it's just clear over the last I don't know however long, Greg, 24 hours maybe, how many golfers have tip their cap to Phil Mickelson and how well-respected he is. What what an amazing theater 
I mean, the fans around that 18th green, it got a little scary. In fact, Brooks Kepka was not happy. He felt like security kind of lost control of that thing. He had to battle his way through crowds just to get to the green to go putt out and be out of the way. He was not real happy in his post-game comments, but that was unbelievable. The pictures from that, I mean, you and I were watching the end of that while we were enjoying dinner last night. It it was unreal. I mean, the the oldest guy prior to Phil winning that was, I think, Sam Sneed, Billy Casper, somebody like that, at 48. Uh, So Phil at 50, almost 51. He's like, he turns 51 here in a couple of weeks. Goes out and wins that thing, and that was so impressive to see. That that was the golf. The, 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 I haven't seen the TV ratings today. They got to be huge. I mean, that thing was that thing was kind of over. And you know what? This weekend kind of showed me COVID is COVID is over. I mean, people believe COVID is. I mean, the scene around that golf course was intense. You see the NBA arena starting to fill back up with the playoffs going on. Major League Baseball starting to refill their ballparks. A lot of teams are going full capacity now. Man, we've made it. I think we've made it after just a long, excruciating 14 months of having to play so many events without fans around. Fun way to finish the weekend. There's no doubt about it. Phil Mickelson wins it. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed watching that and a lot of golf and even just sports fans did as well that was that was pretty cool put a cap on a fun weekend for us sure did i mean he, he and tiger have just been the biggest they've, they've been the face of professional golf for about four decades now and with tiger on the shelf with his injury situations and the horrific crash that he had a couple months ago you know and you didn't think phil had one more inning well he did and the way he played there i wouldn't put it past that he doesn't go out to your course ben in la jolla here in a, a couple of weeks and plays well at the u.s open it'd be fun man he's he's great entertainment great personality and like i said just a lot of fun for golf so i'll dm him and tell him if he needs any tips on on tory pies to call yeah. you done I'll, I'll tell him all the the nooks and crannies <laughs> to that place because i've seen it all <laughs> He kind of grew up on that course. That's he grew up in the San Diego area. He's played a lot of golf there. So, I think he's. I think I, he was on Golf Channel last night, and he said he's playing this week. It's the Colonial, or what do they call the Colonial down in Fort Worth? He's playing that. Then he's headed to to Torrey Pines. He's going to practice out there for a couple of weeks, so he really has a feel for the course. That was awesome. That was really really cool to watch yesterday. Good stuff. Good weekend. Yeah. You're right. A lot of stuff happening. Really cool stuff in there. Here we are back for a final segment of our Monday Sports Night. Again, Bill Moose tomorrow night, our monthly sit-down with the Husker AD. He'll be on during hour number one. We've reached that moment of the show, the highly anticipated moment of our Monday shows, where we all name our weekend winners. Ben? Yeah, I get the privilege of uh, grab the low-hanging fruit here. Uh, Got to be Husker baseball. Weekend winners, yearly winners, whatever you want to, however you want to label it. Uh, I feel like... We could all give this answer. It'd all be acceptable. That was just uh, unbelievable to watch. And I, I, like I said, the bit, and, and like you said too, Greg, the biggest travesty is that more Husker fans couldn't see it in person and witness it and be there to cheer the team on. But they can do so this weekend. Uh, it's an image. It's it's hard to get out of your head watching those dog piles. And let's let's hope we can see a couple more of those this year. Yeah, that was that was really a cool cool moment, um, Mr. Tim Curran. Yeah, I guess this is also low-hanging fruit, but got to be lefty, right? Phil Mickelson winning his first uh, major, I believe, since 2013, winning the well, PGA. you guys are so predictable. <laughs> I mean, 
I couldn't go outside the box this way. There was too much going on. So lefty uh, moving up to 12th, I believe, all time on the most major championship winning uh, golfers amongst the men uh, with a total of six. So uh, not a bad total and definitely a Hall of Fame golfer and uh, good for lefty. Uh, just guy, guy's been hard on his luck, needed something there. So good for him. Being the oldest winner of a major, that he may have that for a long time. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. going to be hard for some guy, fifty, almost fifty-one, to beat that. Ready for the retirement home, right, Greg? No, no, not <laughs> that. No, he's still got some game in him, but yeah, he's. It's, it's going to be hard for another golfer at that age to be able to do that. Mr. Austin Orman, jump in here. Don't mind if I do. Thanks, guys. I'll go to the NBA and first-time playoff guard, specifically Ja Morant and Trey Young. Ja helped Memphis earn a road win uh, against Utah in game one of their series. All he did was go for 26 points in his first playoff game ever. And then Trey Young hits a game winner, 32-7-10 for him at the Garden. Two really good showings from two young stars in the NBA. And there guess were some uh, nasty chants coming at Trey Young while he was that at the there court. Were. <laughs> well, I had a, a, a couple of winners, and, and Ben, I was gonna—I was just gonna say uh, Tim Curran was one of my winners for making it to work on Saturday, <laughs> but I, I, just, I don't think I'll go there. Um, you guys may or may not have seen this video today, and, and I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this by, by the head football coach. But did you guys catch the video of Cam Jurgens water skiing? I, I did not. not. No, I, I did not. I oh, it. Go, go find it. I mean, he's cutting some wakes, but I'm sitting there going, is that really wise for him out there? I mean, I don't want him getting hurt, and, you know, water skiing can be a little dangerous, but, man, he is cutting some wakes. Uh, I think even, like, Levi Falk retweeted it and said, what can this guy not do? I mean, that is a big dude out there <laughs> water skiing and cutting around and uh, he darn near goes up on the shore one time because it's just it's not it looks like it's more of a it doesn't look like it's a very big lake the camera angle is hard to tell but uh, man that was impressive to see a guy 290 pounds out there water skiing that is that's just, cool it is pretty impressive to see that man yeah what a freak of nature that guy is man wow Ben lasting image from you for the weekend what would it be just the dog pile. Yeah, and I think just, you know, being down there on the field next to the guys and just soaking it up, you know, just seeing the, the emotion, talking with Joe and, and with Jackson after the game. and I mean, I mean you, you talk about the two personalities to a T, right, between those two interviews. Joe's very stoic, very emotional, and just pure in his answers. Jackson looked like he was ready to just – his eyeballs were about to burst out of his head, and um, basically, yeah, I'm done with this interview. I'm gonna, I'm out, I'm out of here. I mean, you talk about, yeah, if, if if people didn't know who Joe Acker or Jackson Hallmark were, just play those what two one minute long interviews, and that you pretty much nailed it after after the after the, that. So that was the, a lot of fun. The other image for me, the dog pile for me, but the other one was watching Griffin Everett hobble around the base oh, pass yeah. after the home run on Saturday to tie the game up. Yep. Pretty, pretty epic. Pretty, pretty epic. As Will Bolt said, it was kind of a Kirk Gibson moment to see him make the uh, the trek around. And I think he would have crawled if he had to to get around yeah. and touch every base he to make sure that thing stuck. All right, great, great show tonight. Thanks to Jeff Lisey for spending some time with us. It's always fun to hear from the head baseball coach. Sadly, our last show of the year with him as it's in the regional time next week, and we don't want to bother coaches once they get into NCAA postseason play. Uh, we may have him on for a segment, but not for an entire hour. Bill Moose tomorrow night for an entire hour. we got a lot to cover with him. Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Austin, and to all of you. Have yourself a great night. Good night.